Welcome to the First Focus podcast. It's a bi-weekly show where we discuss topics that aim to help financial services professionals step up their digital and content marketing game. My name is Ellen Adams. I'm a client strategist here at Clients First and I'll be your host for today. This is the fifth episode of our series and you can listen on all of the usual platforms or subscribe so that you don't miss a beat by going to bit.ly forward slash first focused podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing social proof and word of mouth marketing in a digital landscape. I have two very special resident guests with me today to talk about this subject. Uh, We've got Kerry Thompson, who's our digital PR and digital engagement manager. Uh, She does a sterling job managing our own marketing and social media presence. I also have with me Matthew Wood, our head of digital, who takes the lead in developing the right strategies for our clients and keeps ahead of the curve in today's rapidly changing environment. Hello to you both. How are you doing? Wow, what an intro. Thank you very much, Alan. Very kind. No, it's lovely to be here. Good stuff. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, great to be here. Great. So let's jump straight in. Um, Word of mouth and social proof. Uh, phrases that we use a lot in our agency can you just explain to our listeners a bit more about them I'll go to you first Matt okay so yeah I think um, two completely different things but very connected with each other so word of mouth obviously a lot of the listeners have probably um, heard of word of mouth, use word of mouth quite a lot in terms of referrals. Um, you know, word of mouth is a tr- traditional way of of uh, generating leads in a way and generating new business. It's, um, y- you know, your family will tell you, oh, you need to go and use this so-and-so because we've used them our whole life. Or, or you, you know, you get a friend recommend a service or a product just because they've used it and word of mouth has always been a pretty stable and steady way of of generating leads for a business um and uh yeah it's always been quite successful especially in the service industry financial service industry word of mouth has always been a key lead generator and business generator when it comes to the digital side of things this is where social proof i guess would come in so social proof is all around how you position and how your online reputation is, I guess, perceived by um, by people that are, are, are looking for your, your services online. Um, so social proof is basically proof that you have a reputation and you are reputable as a business and you actually, you know, people have used your business and it's displayed on the website uh, in some way or online in a digital sense. Very detailed as well. (laughs) (laughs) Anything to add, Kerry? Yeah, I guess I I think you've nailed it there, Matt. I think, yeah, word of mouth is like those personal recommendations, those conversations that you're having with people that are in your life and they can let you know about a great experience that they had. And then 
you then think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go and check them out. And then I think the differentiation between word of mouth and social proof is kind of social proof is more like how your kind of buyer behavior is influenced by what other people are doing. So if you see a long line of customers outside a restaurant, immediately you think, oh, well, clearly that place is really popular. Maybe I should be dining there. And it's how you know, people, if you've got experts, like in financial services, if you've got experts joining a webinar or talking about a certain business, you immediately think that there's, you know, a sense of gravitas behind that business. And it's kind of influencing your perception of them, um, and kind of the quality of the product or um, how well that business might be doing. So I think, there's loads of different areas of social proof you know we see it all the time with celebrity endorsements on social media like Matt said it can come down to user testimonials and, and reviews things like um credentials that are on your website if you've won awards all of these things are just kind of strengthening um that perception of your business so um yeah I think social proof is is becoming a lot more to the forefront especially with digital transformation um but yeah they're, they're quite similar but there's there's slight differences between the two I'd say that's great thanks Kerry and I think for financial services and obviously talking about word of mouth social proof is very wide in terms of examples and what you can do to elevate businesses in the, those areas and we touched on the digital side and then the physical side so a lot of our clients in um, financial planning firms will be very familiar with referrals and you know getting recommendations physically but from a digital side so how has um, the opportunity for generating social proof and, and word of mouth from a digital perspective changed now that we've yeah adopted to be more digital I think for me social media is a massive um player in in that space and I think it's become so easy for individuals to voice how they feel or to contact businesses in a really direct way and in a more public way you know that obviously comes both positive and negatively um you know if a customer's got a complaint it's also much easier for them to contact you but I think that whole digital space has encouraged people to leave reviews more and comment more on their experience. If they're having a really great experience or they've received a lovely product from you, they're more inclined to share it because they now have this avenue to do that in this digital space. And I think it just provides much more of a megaphone for these customers, you know, in a pre-digital age, they didn't really have that place to do that. So I think it just allows for more impactful and louder forms of social proof and you know you don't necessarily have to now have a client leave a review on your website specifically just a tweet can then be taken and put on your website and used as a really powerful bit of of client testimonial and I think as well another aspect to that is kind of the data side of it so it's so much easier for you to analyze exactly what traffic is coming to your website and how many people are viewing a certain thing and I think that's a really powerful use of social proof as well. You know, if I if I use eBay as an example, the next time you go onto eBay, just have a look at the product um, webpage and you'll see it has how many people have got that in their basket, how many people are looking at it, how many have been sold in the last hour. 
And these are all tiny bits of social proof that you don't really notice are actually impacting your behavior. So you think, okay, this product's really popular. Oh no, it's going to sell out within the next 20 minutes. I better buy it quickly. Um, So I think being able to tap into that data from a digital perspective is also a really powerful um, aspect of social proof. Yeah, I think I've definitely uh, succumbed to that. Hurry, (laughs) there's only one left. You need to buy it now. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Anything to add there, Matt? Yeah. So, I I mean, as the world's become more digital, consumers have an entire marketplace of of people, of businesses that are offering the same services now. Like in the past, you know, if you you think about, oh, you needed to get a financial planner or, you know, or, or a financial advisor, you would probably just use the same one as your parents did or your your your, your friends or your network use and, and that was it you would always go to them the thing is now with the internet with search engines with google being you have an entire marketplace of different providers not just locally but nationally as well and it's 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 become so important now to stand out as a business and, and one of the main ways you can do that is through through social proof and as kerry touched on social media is again is a big area on that you know getting social um uh getting reviews on social media getting tweets just getting any sort of positivity from social media is great because it just it it lets people it feel makes people feel more confident that when they make a decision to go with your business that is the right decision in their mind and and that's the thing now so you've got to really push case studies testimonials reviews not on your website but on other platforms and channels as well because people will be doing their research now on all these different channels like Google. But it's very rare now, even if you get a referral, you're still probably going to go on Google and look at the website and, and check, you know, it's a legit business anyway. I do that anyway. I'm guessing you guys definitely do that. And, <laughs> you know, even if, yeah, I, I got recommended um, an architect um, a couple of months ago, and which is great from, from, a fam- from a family network. First thing I did was go straight onto Google and typed it in just to see, you know, I wonder, wonder what their website looks like, wonder what their brand looks like. And that's obviously coming from a marketer's point of view, but still people will go to to look at the website, look at the reviews, look at what other people, other experiences people have had with that business. And that's what's happened now through digital. You know, you're competing a lot more against other businesses to stand out and, and, and you know, and provide that positivity, I guess, and reassure people that they're making the right choice. Yeah, I think that competitive aspect is a really good one. And being a key player in the marketplace, you know, when we talk about word of mouth, you know, personal recommendations are great. But I think there is a point where word of mouth can only go so far. If you're a small local business, for example, you know, you can only get so many people sharing recommendations. And we all know that you're far more likely to share a negative experience than you are a positive one. So I think word of mouth is great. But then bringing that digital aspect into it and social proof is you know, if you're a small business in Manchester, you can reach customers in London, you can reach customers internationally through on the online space and through social media. And, you know, things going viral overnight. I think it's being aware that social proof actually has the capacity to share your message and your business and your website to a much wider audience than word of mouth perhaps would. Okay, so what happens, we've touched on it briefly, if... um a company gets a negative review, a recommendation, a disgruntled client about the service provided or what is the best way to respond to that to keep 
your integrity and transparency? It's a really tricky one because, I mean, you can only, you can do so much. You can make sure that you have a really excellent customer experience, a really excellent client services team that are dealing things in a timely and professional manner to try and reduce, first and foremost, the chances of a negative review being left. But there are people that are always going to perhaps have something slightly more negative to say. And I think it's, it's being really transparent about that online. I think it's important to know that, you know, customers are looking at how you're dealing with complaints. Are you getting back to them in a timely manner? Are you replying to them in a polite way? Are you just sending them a message back that sounds so robotic and automated and like there's no there's not a person behind that screen that's typed that message back to them? Is it more personal? Have they dealt with that? Have they said, absolutely, so sorry, I'm going to send you a private message now? Are they dealing with that? You know, forums like Twitter, it's really easy to see how companies are treating their customers. And I think making sure that you're dealing with that in an, in an open space and letting people see the way you're dealing with these complaints then kind of adds an element of, okay, I've got a bit more confidence that if I was to have a negative experience with this company, that they would be able to deal with it in a way. And, you know, if you refund a customer straight away, for example, they're then going to also publish that on Twitter or social media and other customers will be able to see that. So I think it's it's definitely important to not brush that under the carpet, try and hide those negative experiences because you're only going to infuriate that person that's a bit disgruntled even more. So don't and also it it's <laughs> Exactly. In this day and age, people take screenshots and people are going to outsmart you and it's only just going to make you look worse than if you just deal with it in an open way and when you make mistakes openly admit to it and show customers how you're trying to improve that process yeah yeah I mean I I completely agree with everything you said there Kerry you know it's really important you're always going to get this I think we've we always see it with any company you know using reviews using social proof they're always going to get this random set of negative reviews that come in from sometimes it's even people that weren't even clients it's just a disgruntled person that's got a chip on the shoulder against the company and it's just really important not to fly off the handle and, and go straight in all guns blazing replying back to them in a negative way because it essentially you're increasing the negativity surrounding that review and you're, you're damaging your brand online. And that's the important thing with negative reviews is to limit any sort of damage control um, and, and just take it off, try and take it offline. That's that's the main thing. Try and, if it's on social media, don't have a full on social media tweet tweet war with them. Just take try and take it offline completely into into uh, direct messages, into onto, into a phone call if you can, into an email, just so it's not in the public space anymore. Um, more often than not, if you do get anything, any constant malicious reviews where you're thinking they're definitely not clients, they're, they're constantly hounding all your different review platforms, then there are steps you can take with the different platforms to try and get those removed. Because, um, you know, we've all ha- we've all seen it before where, you know, I'm sure business, a lot of people are listening in their businesses where you've got this one review that's bringing your five-star score down. And you just want to get rid of it because it, it, they're not a legit client and they're bringing the score down. And there is avenues you can go down. I know through Google, Trustpilot, Unbiased, you know, you can you can kind of go through different channels to get malicious reviews taken down. But it, it, it's a long drawn out process. But yeah, like Kerry said, the best thing you can do is just um, have a transparent, open conversation and don't stoke the fire. 
yeah at least we know those steps are in place um in terms of the platforms and you spoke about we've spoken about social media twitter facebook linkedin websites google from financial planning side there's also platforms like vouched for unbiased other platforms not so related to financial planning like TripAdvisor. How far do you go in terms of setting up review platforms for clients and asking for contributions? So from my point of view, obviously the ones you, for financial planners, the key ones you probably want to be on are the industry focused ones like unbiased and vouched for, you know, they are really key in the financial services industry to be on. So I would go out on my way to definitely set up profiles on there because it's guaranteed your competitors are probably going to be on there as well. And it's important to have a, um, you know, a good presence on those platforms, especially because I know if anybody is searching for a financial planner advisor, unbiased vouch for they're going to be coming up at the top of some search results especially local search results as well so you're going to be you, you know people are going to be going onto those um review uh, sites anyway it's likely if they're finding if they want to find a new financial advisor so being there is also going to help you generate more leads to a certain extent as well as well as getting that positive review platform set up too um, a good one as well is i think is google reviews um just from Obviously, a lot of people will be searching for financial planners and advisors on Google anyway. Um, and if they are searching in the local area and searching for your business, having your business pop up and having five star Google reviews on the my business listing is is really positive. Uh, it's going to shine you in good light straight away. So it's definitely worth having um, your, your Google reviews set up as well. Um, obviously, there's the, the other platforms as well, like social media. I don't know if you want to speak about them a bit more, Kerry. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I totally agree with the um, reviews. And I think the average person reads, I think, 10 online reviews before we actually make a purchasing decision. So I think it's a really important thing for financial services to to remember. But I think another important thing is that, you know, the social proof model only works if consumers are able to trust the source of your social proof. So I think third party review platforms are really important because they want to know that you've not change those reviews in some way you've not kind of tried to word things in a way that suits your agenda that they are genuine reviews from customers and that they are authentically building trust so I think things like Trustpilot and Google reviews are a really great way because they they know that those haven't been edited they've not been curated by you um and they're very detailed as well um I think when it comes to social media I think um you know Engaging with customers online is a great way of, of getting social proof. But I think it's important to know what social platforms work best for your business and what platforms are positioned best towards who you are as a company and who your target market is. I think for financial services, I definitely recommend more of the LinkedIn and Twitter spaces. I think LinkedIn is always great for just general businesses to have those more focused conversations. Um, and then you know, I think Instagram is great but it's not really a tool that would I don't think it works for a lot of b2b or for financial services I think it's great for things like social influencers and paid content in that way and making sure that it's authentic and um you're actually working with people that are aligned to your company goals and and who your target market is but I think for financial services particularly I'd recommend twitter um 
I think you know, there's always an opportunity to have great conversations on their um, lead that we work with um, from Octo members. He's he's a real advocate for Twitter um, and he just has really great conversations with people in, in multiple different financial services businesses. So I think it's just if you are going to use social media as a, a form of social proof and getting the word out there about your business, I think just take a step back, look at the types of content on each social platform, what kind of messaging that you want to put out, what kind of tone of voice you want to have to your communications. If it is more visual, is Instagram the best route? Or if you want to just have more conversations with people who are, you know, industry experts or leaders in their field, um, is Twitter or LinkedIn the best route? Yeah, I think um, don't spread yourself too thin is a theme that comes out of this because there's a lot of platforms isn't there and we've had a lot of conversations with our clients about just focusing focusing on certain areas where you know your potential clients are going to be uh, researching you yeah and as well you, you might not necessarily always know the answer so try try the different platforms um make sure you're pulling reports analyzing that data seeing how they're performing are you getting the return that you want from it um are you getting the engagement that you need if not why not is it because the types of content that you're pushing out aren't quite good enough or is it just a place where actually you're not reaching the types of people that you need to be reaching so could you be focusing on one or two of those platforms rather than all of them yeah so we've spoken a lot about social proof there and digital platforms and things like that so let's flip back to word of mouth the traditional uh, way that has generated new business how can firms increase their opportunities in this area go to you Matt so yeah, I, I guess the, the best way to increase your word of mouth strategy is to just provide an amazing customer experience and service because people are people who've had a very positive experience with your business are going to tell more people about it, if, especially if it's been very positive. If it's been negative, that's where they're not going to tell anyone or, or spread the word about your business. And they're more likely to probably go online and, and, and leave a really bad review then off the back of that. So I think, um, yeah, I think for me, yeah, the best thing to do is just really look at every touch point in your business you have from when you generate somebody as a lead and when they first come into the business from when they first step into potentially your premises, into your office, all the way through to them being a client, turning them into a client all the way through the rest of their life, potentially. Just think of every major touch point you have with them and try and really just work on each one of those areas and making it the best process and the best um, experience it could possibly be. And, you know, that that could be just e- even the way your office looks, the way you book in meetings with, with individuals, the way that you provide coffee and tea or drinks or anything like that to people when they're in the office. The whole experience they have, the, be- the better it is, the more likely that um, they're going to go to their network, to their friends and say, guess what, um, I've got a new financial advisor. And when you go in, they offer you, uh, uh, you know, they give you a pint of beer, you know, when you go in, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, try try and think outside the box a bit more. Um, and the, the more unique and um, you can be and the more creative, I guess, you can be with how you interact with your your prospects and your clients, um, the, the better it, the main thing is take away any sort of friction, anything that is is going to make people think, why why have I gone with this business? Or why are they so slow at replying to me? Or 
why are they um why do they never return to my return my emails why do they never give me the updates i need you know try and make everything as streamlined as smooth as possible to work with you and, and enjoyable as possible and i think the rest will sort of it will just sort of fall into place you know it's it's very organic word of mouth it, it happens you, you can influence it you plant the seed and that will grow into organically more people referring people to your business yeah some great advice there anything to add there Kerry yeah no I think customer experience is is the main thing there and I think that also feeds back into quality so I think making sure that you're not constantly trying to cost cut and do things in the cheapest way possible you know sometimes you are going to have to invest a little bit in whether it's branded merch like we do at our agency sending that out to clients and um, just making sure that you are spending that little bit of extra money to to treat that customer in a way that is very high quality but I think one thing that I'd always say is you know firm you're never going to be able to guarantee word of mouth but I think as well as thinking about that customer experience from start to finish and where all of those touch points are and what you could add value to I think just take a step back and think about your own experiences as a consumer you know what experiences have you had with businesses that you've either been a consumer of or worked with what have they done when have you received a product or you know received a service and they've done something that was really surprising or unexpected and made you feel valued and made you think okay actually I want to share this experience with someone else and let them know what a great time I had you know did they send you something in the post that was nice and surprising or did they deal with you in a really timely efficient polite manner um did you have an experience where something didn't go quite right and actually the way that they then responded to that um, and rewarded you and apologized, send, sending you a voucher or whatever that might be. What was that experience like for you and how did that make you feel? And then how can you then work that back into your own internal strategy and feed that back into marketing teams or sales teams and let them know, actually, this was a really great experience that I had. How can we then start to adopt that? Yeah, that's that's great. You know, we've spoken about some of the challenges that firms may have when they do you know, implement these strategies that, you know, they could get negative reviews and we've spoken about how to tackle those. In terms of any tips or tricks, we've spoken a lot about, you know, reviewing the whole customer experience. What would you say is the first thing that a client can do to get started in, you know, a a social proof and word of mouth strategy? What would the, the first thing you would recommend to do be? I'll come to you, Matt, because you're ready to speak. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think, <laughs> okay. So um, I'd say, I mean, the first thing to do, if, if you, so let's go for social proof first. Like the, the first thing to do is, is just to get yourself set up right in the first place and get yourself actually, actually on these different review platforms um, in the first place. But really, my biggest hint and tip for for social proof is just have a strategy behind it, a review strategy. Think about how you can, uh, when you approach people for reviews, and how you can start to even automate that out. You know, do you, when do you send after someone's become a customer? Do you send an email out to them? Uh, well, actually, no, it won't be in financial planning, will it? Because you won't. <laughs> it's like a long process. But you know, after certain <laughs> touch points, you, it can be. You've had, 
Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. Maybe after like a few months of work with you, and, you know, um, you know, think about how you send emails out to them or how you communicate with them to, to try and get a review, a positive review from someone. Start thinking about the different touch points you have in place and when you need to send different communications out to try and get social proof. And uh, think about your your really happy clients, the ones that already rave about you and, and refer business into you, how can you leverage the positivity from them more using you know, things like video case studies and, and different types of content? How, you, how can you generate more content from your real positive, happy clients? Because that's the sort of stuff you need to have on your website. It's going to elevate you to the next level and, and going, to get people on, get, going to get people really excited to start working with you and, and, and you know, joining um, your client base. Um, word of mouth for me, uh, it's just to start looking at what you currently do. Um, you know, do an audit of your own, uh, you know, your customer experience, the journey somebody currently takes within your business. Start to think about how who they interact with. Um, you know, what sort of communications are sent out to them. Uh, what you offer them. What you know, what the experience is like. Put yourself in their shoes and just view it from an outside point of view. Um, audit it completely and start thinking how you can you can start to improve that. But you know, that can be. Uh, there could be many different things you could be doing there, um, which we could probably do another podcast on the art of customer <laughs> experience and financial services. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that um, audit point is really good because if you haven't had a social proof strategy before, actually, you might already have a bunch of content that's just been created by itself, whether that be reviews, um, stuff on social media um that you might already have so i think it's it's that kind of what's already existing what can you repurpose and then filling in those gaps with okay well in line with this new strategy what do we now need to focus on and really push in terms of messaging or asking clients for but yeah i think that audit point is really good um but then yeah i think another point is just really thinking about when it especially when it comes to social proof there are so many different avenues when it comes to social proof so reviews is a really powerful one but that's only one aspect of it there's also you know um getting industry experts to add a bit of oomph behind your business and you know show their support for it um there's getting kind of business credentials that are going to support um, who you are as a company and get those expert stamp of approval um there's earned media so um, and also paid for media as well. So getting your name out there in um, articles and on platforms that are industry leaders in financial services or whatever industry you might be in. And there's just, you know, getting a crowd behind and making sure that there's a group of people that are really endorsing your business. So I think making sure that you're clear on the differentiation between those different strategies and knowing that you can't do it all straight away from the get-go you're going to have to just focus on set areas of social proof um one by one and you can start to build those up and get a real um general social proof um kind of visibility online but i think making sure that you kind of focus on okay actually we want to we think user reviews are going to have the the greatest impact on our business that's what we want to prioritize on at the moment um, and putting a plan in place for that and then add in um additional things to that as that strategy goes on Thanks, guys. Some um, not one, but five main tips there from you both. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll summarise those. So, think about and set up your your platforms that you want reviews to to be on. 
implement a review strategy, whether it's just thinking about a best time for to ask a client for a review. In financial services, a lot of our clients will ask after an annual review meeting. That is the best time to ask. Um, ask your best clients for their feedback and to document that on your chosen platforms. Audit your client experience and think about what social proof will suit your business the best. Some really, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Some really useful um, knowledge from you both in there. And thank you both for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure that our listeners will be interested in trying some of the advice to boost their digital presence and to secure more social proof and new prospective clients. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep an eye out for future episodes coming out bi-weekly by going to bit.ly forward slash first focus podcast to subscribe. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Mm-hmm.